What are your writing dreams? Finishing that book, quitting the day job, becoming a best-selling author? Well, over four years, we've studied the advice of over 300 best-selling authors who've collectively sold over half a billion books. And we are excited to announce the Best Seller Academy. If you're ready to take your writing to the next level with accountability, craft, and coaching, your bestseller dreams are now only a click away. To find out more and apply, visit bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. That's bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash academy. Let's run the show. Hello and welcome to the bestseller experiment where we continue to discover after six years still six years, man. to discover what makes a bestseller and inspire you to start, finish and publish your book. I'm Mark DeVoe. And I'm Mark State. Look, I can make things go big and go small. This is on the YouTube. If you're listening on audio, this is going to sound weird. But yes, we're on StreamYard. We're live on the YouTubes. Uh, and yes, a huge thank you, especially now after six years, to everyone who has kept this podcast going. A- anyone who has, you know, given us money on Patreon, has been on the Academy, has stopped us in the street and given us a kiss on both cheeks. That hasn't happened yet. Uh, you know, anyone who has spread the word, told their friends about it, um, we're here still after six years, uh, astonishingly, and we thank you for it. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Absolutely. And this is, this episode, everyone who's listening to this, this episode is currently being recorded live on YouTube. So if you are part of our, we'd like to firstly welcome all the people from around the world who have joined us in our studio audience um, from all different corners of the world. And we'd like you to tell us whereabouts you're from. <laughs> and also when you started listening to the podcast, um, we're going to be asking for your questions because this show today is about showing you some of the background as to how this podcast is actually made because a lot of people are fascinated by podcasts. They've even, many people are thinking of starting their own podcast. And six years ago, Mark and I decided we'd do this. It was just the two of us back there, Mark, wasn't it? Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, and it uh, had that sort of youthful naivety of how hard could it possibly be? Uh, I mean, we had a big advantage, which I was working uh, for a publisher in the middle of London, and every single day, authors were walking through the door. And not just, you know, author, author, I mean, some big name authors and some people who had incredible stories to tell. And also, I'm surrounded by people in the industry who could give us advice on uh, on how, you know, how books are written, how publishing works, how what what makes a bestseller, and all that good stuff. So, um, we we were kind of in the right place at the right time, uh, and um, yeah. To start with, you know, lots. I had lots of late nights at work at Orion because you say, okay, well, can we speak to so and so? And I had to do it after work, but that was okay for you because you, it was breakfast time in Canada. So, um, so yeah, lots of lots of getting home late, but that was okay. I, you know, I was young. Um, <laughs> Back then you had the energy, didn't you? You had that long, long commute home. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was quite amazing because when I remember, I mean, for people who haven't heard the story of how the podcast got started, it was really a discussion that Mark and I had um, when Mark got a movie deal and Mark and I used to not go to the same school, but we'd just go to rival schools. So we used to go, I think we were about what, two miles apart, weren't there's two schools. And there were all these rumors through the years gone by that the two schools used to get together once a year and have fights. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, there's this massive rivalry. It was like, you know, Liverpool, Everton, you know, Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea, Tottenham. Um, so we, we then kind of talk to each other kind of later on in life once we kind of settled down and I'd moved to Canada actually already at that point and we got talking and anyway eventually decided that we wanted to start this podcast but we didn't actually know at the time what we were going to do we didn't even know that we were going to do this idea of writing a book and and so we kind of we bounced ideas off initially and I remember the one thing always sticks in my head is we, we decided that we were going to create a spreadsheet of all of our interests and we wanted to look for common yes. interests. Can you remember what was on that spreadsheet? We had like favorite movies, favorite yeah, books. Favorite books, favorite authors, hobbies. favorite bands, yeah, hobbies, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And we but scanned was- through that, didn't we? And we, we kind of looked at, there was various things that came up that we realized that we had very similar interests in. Mm. And of course, you were working in publishing at the time and I was had been desperately wanting to write a book for my entire life. 
like since I was about five and had never finished a book. I've been that classic, like 99% of all authors out there, they'd written, they'd started like 50 books and never finished one, or I'd got to 20,000 words and never finished it. And it was this idea that popped up of what if we try and write a book together and you yeah. kind of teach me how it works, but then you reveal to me, well, I've only ever written one book. <laughs> Only. <laughs> right? But your background had been in screenwriting. So you'd actually been, how many years had you be, been writing scripts prior to actually writing Robot Overlords? The, oh, the, the crikey. Um, I guess, well, I'd been writing seriously, I guess, since uh, 99, because that's when my daughter was born. It all sorts of goes back there. We, I'd written a bunch of plays. Um, the first play we did, Claire's character was pregnant because Emily was in her belly. Uh, it was a play called Unusually Tall Boy, and uh, it was you know it was about a couple. And one of the, the wife was pregnant, and so when we one of the reasons we could do it because we knew Claire's pregnancy was going to coincide with the play being on, so I wrote it into the play. And you know she get people in the bar going, uh, "Where did you get that pregnancy bump from? Say, is that from a prop store?" It's one or way of saving like, on props. Says, yeah, yeah, it's a baby. When we did we did the play again about six months later, she had to stuff something under a shirt. Um, but yeah, so the the serious writing was about ninety nine, and then I did um, a couple of plays after that, and one of those I turned into a screenplay. So about two thousand one, two thousand two, seriously, kind of, I'm going to make yeah. this happen. Giving up on the acting and focusing on the writing. So um, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, my. My big stroke of luck was was meeting John Wright, who directed Robots and has directed Unwelcome. Uh, mm. this, is, this is my piece of advice to people who want to be screenwriters. Become best mates with a film director. I know that sounds flippant, but it's worked for me. And <laughs> the, the industry the industry still prioritizes directors over writers. You know, if a director's interested, they're interested because there's this cult of the auteur, you know, the, the director. Um, so, you know, rightly or wrongly, and it's wrongly. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, that. that's how. That's how. We're getting some We're getting some lovely notes from people uh, who've been here. So, uh, GB Ralph, Gavin, uh, he's been listening since the Ben Aronovich bollocking. And he's here. Uh, Gavin is listening from New Zealand. So, thanks for that, Gavin. It's um, probably quite... It's silly o'clock in the morning. Yeah, it really it's, it's about 5, 5 a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Susie Edge is here, who we had on, uh, is on our, one of our current deep dives, uh, who, whose book, um, uh, Mortal, uh, Mortal, is it, what's it called, Susie? Mortal Monarchs. It's, it's, it's um, it's, it's, it had to reprint because it's such a massive, you know, bestseller. It's done absolutely brilliant. Mark Hood's here, Mr. Hood, who does, you know, his word count and his books are amazing. Ian Sainsbury's here. That's fantastic. Uh, and Sage is here. Sage says, uh, she's just had a look. My first email to you lot was in 2018. So I imagine that means I started listening in 2017 because i'm a shy and retiring sort um, uh Ink inkborn blade says found you guys in early 2018 been listening to you on my commute ever since robin sarty robin sarty said i started listening after grant faulkner who's you know nanorimo nanorimo yeah, yeah tweeted tweeted about it. mark hood found us around about the time of brian cranston uh sc gowland steve gowland started after sarah pimbra tweeted about you followed her after the dublin ghost festival and ian sainsbury says i started once i heard the chaps talk to joanna penn so that was that was something we did a lot in the first year was go on other people's podcasts that was quite quite a good move i think in the end wasn't yeah. it? yeah <laughs> now one of the reasons we wanted to talk about this today is we know that a lot of people are interested in podcasts. So if you're in the live audience and you've got any questions you want to ask us, anything you've ever wanted to know about how the podcast is made, the processes behind how we get guests on the show. So if there's anything that's really fascinated you that you've never heard us talk about, you want us to share, it's a big reveal. It's ask us anything. So pop your questions in and we'll be looking at the chat as we go. But um, one, of the, one of the interesting things that happened in our podcast, which I think was very unusual, but very lucky, is very, very early on in, I think, the first 10 episodes, um, we got to interview Brian Cranston. Now, yeah. <laughs> not everyone gets Brian Cranston like within the first six episodes, <laughs> but it was not so much obviously getting one of our heroes on the show, um, but it was also what then happened as a result of Brian coming on the show. And if anyone hasn't listened to that episode, I, I beg you to go back. I think it's episode six or seven, um, because that was the episode that made the bestseller experiment go viral worldwide without us even re realizing at the time when we were doing the interview what what, what actually happened. Because um, for those, again, who are new to this podcast, Brian, it was around the time when Trump was, it was about two weeks, I think, two or three weeks before the, the general election in the US. And 
this was going back, you know, to 20, what year was it, Mark? 2016, wasn't it? Let's have a look. Right? Let's when, go back. So it was oh, just, before the, the, just before the election when Trump got elected. And Brian Cranston was very outspoken about Donald Trump. And I asked him, literally, as a throwaway question, Brian, what would you do uh, if Trump got elected? And he responded, well, I said, I said to him, would you, would you like to come for a holiday in, in Vancouver Island? And he said, holiday, I'd, I'd expatriate, I'd move. And it was just, a, it was literally a throwaway line that he said. He joked a bit about it. We weren't sure whether he was serious or not. But the day, uh, the, the, the day that that episode came out. Halloween, Halloween, Halloween 2016. I, Halloween could, 2016. I could not believe it because what basically happened was the Globe and Mail, which is like the, the biggest national newspaper in Canada, ran a page two article about how, Donald, uh, how Brian Cranston would leave America. Now, for everyone who goes back to that era, you might remember then a ton of other celebrities. I, I mean, off the top of my head, Barbara Streisand and a ton of other celebrities all came out and, and said, yeah, we'd leave as well. And it became this massive story that just kept rolling. And our episode on, on that interview, Brian Cranston was, was, was played on Fox news in the U S during primetime news. It was played on BBC radio four, I think on some news article. Yeah, radio four, it was on yeah. almost every single national and provincial uh, and regional newspaper in the world from Washington Post to New York Times to Time magazine. And it always referenced this interview with Brian Cranston. So one of the things, one of the things that we were fortunate about is, <laughs> I mean, you can't plan that kind of stuff. It just happened. But it really put the podcast on the map very early on. So a lot of people who are starting podcasts, one of the biggest challenges is it's just building the audience. It takes it takes time, like like even launching a website. It takes time to build. But we had this insane boost. I remember specifically, Mark and I, do you remember we we got on the phone or on Skype when it was all kicking off? And as we were talking, I said, oh, no, you never guess what. The Daily Mail have just put it on their Facebook yeah. page. Do you remember? And yeah. it was like... And, and it just went huge. It just one thing after another. And Mark and I were just standing there just watching it happen. And do you remember the website, the comments? We, we just got bombarded by bots. Uh, we got sort of bombarded all, Weirdly, by... all saying the same thing, you know, uh, if Brian Cranston doesn't like it, he can leave kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it, it, I mean, it knocked the website over a few times, didn't it? But it was... Well, it uh, did. And what actually transpired a few years later, you may have heard about the whole... Cambridge Analytica, Facebook. We don't know for certain, but we believe we we got kind of partly like the vi were victims of that because we got a, a kind of like bots coming in, um, telling us all this stuff. And literally, we got so many comments. Um, there was one I think it was on Fox on on Facebook. I think there were thousands and th was it like nine, ten thousand comments or something yeah, about. Crazy about the interview so it was kind of bonkers but anyway just to let people know that is not usual that is no, that no. doesn't happen <laughs> to most podcasts and it kind of took us a bit by surprise because the, the website went down it melted under the pressure of people coming to our website um, yeah but it was quite it's, a start wasn't it but it's one of those things that having brian on the show uh, is very handy because when i try and book guests it's a good name to drop. It's a very good name to drop. We've got a question here from Wendy. Who will be your ultimate podcast guest and what are the chances of getting them? Um, is there anyone you want? I mean, I'd, I'd love to get Neil Gaiman on. Um, yes. Uh, which is weird because when I worked at Headline, I used to bump into him all the time. He used to call me fanboy. I doubt he'd even recognize me now. But, you know, I was that was when uh, I sold Stardust and American Gods and uh, collections of short stories and stuff. And I went to every single one of his events, you know, hello, Neil, it's me. <laughs> um, and now, you know, never calls, never writes. But, you know, <laughs> I would love to get Neil on because he is, I mean, one, he's one of my favorite authors, but he isn't. He's so generous with when he talks about the craft and, and when he, you know, and he really does know his stuff and uh, he's one of the good guys. Do you know, um, he might not write anymore, Mark, but he did tweet once, didn't he? Uh, he tweeted yes. when we launched the day that we okay. launched back to reality. Um, I dropped him a tweet and he retweeted it. And then we started having this discussion. Um, and I remember Mark, you were standing at Waterloo station or one of the St. Pancras, St. Pancras. And yes. I sent you the, I sent you a text saying Neil Gaiman has just retweeted our book. Cause what basically happened is our book <clears throat> on the day of release overtook 
What was was it? Good Omens. It was Terry Pratchett and it was Good Omens on one side, and I think American Gods on the other, or something. Oh, or, or, yeah. But it was yeah, it was like a Game and Pratchett sandwich. It was wonderful. It was absolutely it was perfect, insane. And so you had to record a video for his Twitter because I had he, yeah. we had to send him videos of us. Um, I think what happened is I said, if you retweet this, we'll faint or something like that. So he said, I've retweeted it. Now I want evidence. And we both had to fake these videos of us fainting that we then sent him. <laughs> it was very bizarre. So Neil Gaiman would be amazing. Of course, there, there are a couple of like, everyone asks us. And then obviously, uh, I think Stephen King would be phenomenal because- And I have I have tried. Yeah, we have I tried. I have tried. Um, yeah, back but, in the early you know. days, we tried. We reached out to J.K. Rowling as well, didn't we? Um, might, have dodged, might have dodged a bullet there. Well, I mean, and there's, <laughs> but there's, there's so many other authors. I've actually reached out. One of my favourite authors, who I'm catching up on, actually, I'm kind of late to the game, but I've actually reached out to Ken Follett because I think Ooh, he would be, and I, I'm loving his books. Mm. Um, but the other thing is, we've got to interview some of our favourite authors, um, Linwood Barclay. Um, is Love actually that. we can reveal is going to be coming back on the show for his new book. And and one of the great things that we get to do behind the scenes is I received a copy of um, the pre-release of his new book that's not coming out till February. And that's what I'm currently sitting on my bedside table. I'm reading his new novel. And it's kind of fun because, you know, you know that no one else really has got this book. But as part of, you know, the preparation for some of these interviews, we will actually sit and you know read novels um so that we can kind of get a bit of in-depth experience but it kind of varies sometimes we get a guest who comes on and we have very little time to prepare yeah well i've um, i got a, a lovely question from uh tiny scott here who says how do you approach potential guests for the show do you just send them a cheeky email begging for them to come on i've always wondered i mean the thing is they come to us now which is great uh, and we've got a backlog that is currently running to February, late February, early March. I've, I, I booked someone this morning for March uh, and April, actually. So we, And it's you growing know, as well, isn't it? It's now, I think, six months is the wait list now to get on the show. Yeah. And only last year, what it was only about a month or two, was it, Mark? So yeah. it's a bit weird because we're we're getting this really difficult situation where i mean it's lovely that we get approached now we get emails every week from all the top mm. publishing companies you know harper will drop us an email penguin um and they're all now promoting and pushing as part of the you know the what what pr agents do it's brilliant but so yeah, we do so, get I mean, to kind of pick and choose a bit as well some some have got the message like there's there's joe uh who used to be at HQ is now at headline and he's he knows to book months in advance. He he gets in touch, you know, really, really early. And then we get some others who go, I've got someone who's got a book out next week. And it's like, well, let's shall we circle back for the paperback, you know? So, so or or are they willing to, you know, I mean the CL Taylor that came out last week, that was recorded in June, I think, May or June, you know. So um I do bank them. I do sort of do them whenever we can so they're there and they're all in an archive where, you know, we can listen to them at, at, at any time. So, um, yeah. Oh, uh, Moon Bunny Creative, that's Sage. Uh, Stephen Fry would be a dream. Uh, I'm not starting a podcast, though. Stephen Fry, I've met a couple of times as well. He did, he did an event for me at, when I was uh, events manager at Waterstones in Epsom. And this was for his book, Making History, which will date it. So it's about 96, I think. And they just brought in a thing in Waterstones where staff weren't allowed to smoke in the staff rooms anymore, uh, which um, for my manager at the time, uh, who smoked like a chimney, it was, you know, he was always out on the roof smoking. And Stephen Fry came in and he was really nervous and quite shy, very, very friendly, completely lovely. Um, and he lit up and started smoking. We were looking at each other, is anyone going to tell him? Is anyone going to, no, okay, we'll let him smoke. You know, so it's only been a rule for a week. Uh, and I came upstairs and said, oh, there's a local press photographer here. And he said, oh, okay. So does he want me to peer over a pyramid of books like this? I said, how did you know? He says, everywhere I go. So the local press asked for, everywhere I go. So yeah, that was, so, yeah, I'd love to get Stephen Fry back on. Absolutely brilliant. Absolutely yeah, brilliant. That'd be fantastic. Um, another another um, author I'd love to get on is Pulitzer Prize winner Anthony, I think it's pronounced Anthony Dewar. He wrote All the Light You Cannot See, which is like one of my favorite novels of all time. Um, there's sometimes that you read a book and there's so much depth to it. There's so much brilliance. There's, you know, this book was written over like seven, eight years that you think, how can you do a book and an author of that magnitude justice in like a half hour, 20 minute chat. 
Um, I think that's one of the biggest challenges for, for us, isn't it, Mark, is that we could probably chat for hours with these authors, but it's what are the most salient points that we want to ask them? And it's often about their writing process because a, a lot of other a lot of other podcasts out there interview authors when their book comes out and they talk about their book and their their podcast for readers. You know, it's about does someone want to read this book? And really, our focus has been from day one. I think this is one of the reasons why we've kept going for so long is that we've made it our point to really dig deep into the author yeah. process, the writing habits. And that's the thing that keeps me so fascinated because there's always something new that we learn. And it's obviously very relevant to our writer. Every time. Base. Absolutely. And I think authors appreciate because if they go on local radio, they get five minutes tops with us. They can sit around and, and they go, oh, how long? And I sometimes go, well, half an hour, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour. And they're like, oh, great. They enjoy it. So here's a terrifying suggestion from me in Sainsbury. How about a new experiment, a new bestseller, write and publish in three months, not <laughs> like a short not, story, <laughs> non-fiction this time. Can anyone suggest a subject? Ooh. These two could write a how-to about. There must be well, something. Do you know what? And it, uh, that's a really great question, Ian. Um, there is actually a non-fiction book that I wrote about four years ago, and it was before we started the 200-word challenge. And Mark, you remember because you kind of edited mm. it for me, didn't you? It's a it's a it's a it's a concise book, but it's called How to Write Fifty Thousand Words in a Month because <laughs> yeah. it was based around NaNoWriMo, and it's like these pithy um, ideas that you know either from from the actual you know knowledge that we picked up from all the authors or just general ideas I've picked up over the years, and I never put it out for the reason that. I started, I tried NaNoWriMo myself and and then came to this conclusion that the way to build a consistent habit was writing a small amount every day rather than going for 50,000 words in a month. I think Mark and I learned a lot by going through the process of trying yeah. to write a book in a year, which is very doable, um, mm. even more doable in theory when there's two of you writing it, except not when you're doing a <laughs> podcast. That was probably the biggest mistake. Well, not mistake, but the biggest challenge we had was, you know, we started this. We started this whole idea on episode one. Right, we're gonna we're gonna learn how the bestsellers write books, and we're gonna interview them and ask them all the pertinent questions, find the formula. But when mm. the Brian Cranston episode went viral, the podcast just took on a life of its own, and we were yeah. really struggling because. The podcast was going bananas. And at the same time, we were meant to be writing this book. And there was a point where we were like, I think a few weeks or a month or so in, and we thought, we're not going to be able to get this done <laughs> in time. So it was really interesting part time. And, and even towards the end of the first year, the biggest problem we had was we didn't have time to market the book because mm. we were finishing the book, running the podcast, doing all the interviews dealing with everything else that we were learning for the first time running up because it was the first time either of us had done a podcast. I'd done a lot of radio in the past, but you just show up at the BBC studios and you chat as a guest and then you'd leave. It was really easy. Um, but we started to realize that what we were actually having to do was create an hour of the equivalent of a radio program each week. And if you go back to the first few episodes, you'll hear that actually the, the audio that was <laughs> edited um, I did the first, I think, twenty episodes because I had all of the equipment. I said, oh, "I'll just, I'll just edit it," you know, thinking, "Oh, it'll take you know half an hour." Well, let me tell you, reveal number one: <laughs> editing the podcast takes multiple hours of however long that podcast is. And I went to an extreme where I was removing every single uh um, and um, uh, yeah. and and it was just it got to a point where we thought this is insane. I couldn't. I couldn't edit the podcast, do the podcast, and try and keep up with writing the book and do my day job, which is still going on at that stage. So at that stage, I thought, I need some help. I need some help. And it was at that point I reached out and started looking for a podcast editor. And that's when we met Dave, Dave. who's been with yeah. us from like, I don't know, episode 20. Well, let's let's. We've got a great question from Andrew Gile here, uh, and I'm really who says how much of your working week does the podcast take up? And I, I've have I've been thinking about this a lot. And um, so, a week in the life of the podcast will start on a Wednesday. Okay, so we normally record on a Wednesday evening. Well, it's Wednesday morning where you are, Mister D. Uh, I will listen back to that week's interview, which you know. Uh, I, you know, that's stopping and starting and going back and listening things. I make notes. Uh, I check the social media that week to see if anyone's had any wins. I go on Patreon and the Academy. We look at people's wins and good news and compile that. Then you and I record in the evening, don't we? Which 
we block out two hours for that. Uh, and then once we've recorded it, uh, we send the edit files to JD. Uh, and then a couple of days later, I get the edit from JD. We listen back, make any suggestions, and then we prepare. I prepare all the copy for social media and email. I create an image, do all this ourselves or myself. Then JD confirms all the scheduling. He sends me the link. This is usually when I remember to send you next week's interview so you can listen to it ahead, ahead of the show. And yeah, I, I send you notes and you listen back, you make your own notes. Then Monday is launch day. So early on a Monday morning, I launch the podcast on social media. I schedule a week's tweets. And then the rest of the week, I, I have interviews. I usually have one or two interviews with authors lined up during the week. These will all have been booked quite some time ago. We ask the authors to fill out a form that tells us all their essential stuff, social media, links, website, new book, uh, author photo. I research the author. This can take a while. The publisher usually sends me a title information sheet, uh, which tells me about the book and their bio. Uh, I uh, We might have a conversation with the publicist about a theme for the conversation. That I look for a hook. I look for something that's a bit different. Um, and then I put together, uh, I look at old interviews as well and find out little tidbits about the, the author. And then I put together sort of bullet points for conversation. I, I don't go into too much detail. I have bullet points that sort of steer the conversation because I found that one of the biggest things I've learned doing these interviews is to listen because if if you um if you you know you will always just pick up something that the author says in passing you think oh never thought of that let's pounce on that which is great so um i I'm, i mean i i am sent books by the publishers uh but i rarely read them i just haven't got the time i I've, couldn't read i've got something week. here mark you talk about that sheet yeah so this is what i got last week from harper collins all right from Limwood, yeah. this is like uh it's telling you about the book and the thing i loved about this one mark on the back on the front it says um it says about how they're gonna it's gonna be this you know it talks about how many millions of copies of the books he sold in the past but it talks about what they're going to be doing to promote the book and uh, on one of the things it says you know um we're going to be doing like you know tv shows and billboards and podcasts so yeah. it's even like so see do you see how like seriously all of the majors and well yeah. everyone takes podcasts now as a real it's one of the mainstream ways which authors you know do as part of the book and we would have never have guessed that six years ago it's been no. crazy no. but yeah so I, d I don't necessarily read the book i will dip into it i'll have a look and we get the plug for the book out of the way we'll give them you know an opportunity to plug the book because they're doing it for free you know no money exchanges hands it's they get to plug their book we get to sit and chat with them and then you know once it's all recorded we send it off to dave and jd and we got a little surprise for you folks here because dave and jd Oh, here with us now. Welcome them to the show. Hello. Hey, guys. Hey. How hey. are you guys? So introduce hey, yourselves. Good. Which which one is Dave and which is JD? I'm Dave. I'm Dave. Yep. Yeah, and I'm JD. Excellent And stuff. listen to the quality. Just listen to the quality <laughs> of the microphones, guys. Isn't that a beautiful thing? I've been in a panic making sure it's just right. i got to make sure. That <laughs> yeah. I've been EQing and getting the perfect sounding voice. For yeah. You. Normally, so, I don't have this set up, but since uh, being being like the audio guy, it's like, I better make this thing sound good. <laughs> you know, was, what was really funny before we started recording this, about like, three, four minutes before we pressed the, the live button, I, I actually just mentioned, I said... Uh, just out of interest, guys, are you recording the audio backups of yourselves? <laughs> because that's always a thing that we have to provide. And this is the other thing people don't realize, do they, folks? I mean, um, JD, maybe tell us about, you know, the audio is so important, isn't it, in podcasts? I mean, I've heard so many bad examples of just terrible audio, which I can't, great content, but I just can't listen to the show because it sounds like it's recorded in a baked bean can. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, being an, uh, an audio engineer, I'm I'm hypercritical to like the way things sound. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it's super important, but it's you know it it holds a different value to different people. Um, I kind of I mean I hear everything, but I also believe that the content. Um, will will carry it. You know, I, I will look past a noisy room or something if, if, uh, the content or, you know, when dealing with like music or something, if the performance is like fantastic, Oh man, like sure. It doesn't sound the best, but 
they're rocking right now, you know? So I, I will look past that, but yeah, if something really sounds bad, I mean, I'll skip like, uh, the early mp3s when the compression was just terrible and it sounds all tinny and stuff like that i'm like i don't even i don't even want to hear that you know just i'd rather just listen to something else what's your what's your backdrop background jd you work as an audio engineer what what what's what have you done in the past well um i mean i've been doing audio music playing in bands since high school um and so I played drums, you know, that was my original, uh, introduction to music. Uh, so I played drums in like a hardcore, uh, thrash metal band Oh, brilliant! Uh, in high school. <laughs> yeah. We played Hollywood. We opened up, uh, the billboard in Hollywood, which is now the key club. Uh, we were signed to Lipman entertainment for a little bit. Uh, but it just, it, you know, <laughs> I broke up the band. I was I was the one. I was the one. I got tired of playing the same song over and over again because every single, you know, with music, you hear the thing that you like and you just want to hear it. So like my drum beat for every song was like the same drum beat. I'm like, oh gosh, I'm tired of playing this one. Um, Ga- so I did that. Go ahead. Gavin's asking, when's the bestseller experiment boy band getting together for a performance? <laughs> well, I mean, we were, talking about, we, we were talking about right this here. just before, you know, yeah, I've got a guitar, you've got a keyboard, drums, bass, got the whole Dave's thing. Dave's got here. a keyboard, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and Dave, let's let's talk about how how um, we started out because you, it was quite, a, was it quite early on when you were, you were starting to work with podcasts? Because 2016 was still, it was still pretty... Um, you know, it wasn't quite as huge as it was now in terms of the number of podcasts out there. Yeah, I had just gotten off about 22 years at a large software company, and I was going to do something different and had to be kind of dabbling uh, and decided I was going to do it for real. I just looked it up. It was episode 19 with Joe Hill. Wow. Uh, right. And you were talking favorites. about hitting every little thing. It took me hours and hours to get through this first one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I eventually got overwhelmed and, you know, after a couple of years of that and had to find JD, which is lifesaver for me to just, cause I was doing more and more and more content, but yes, I had started out just sort of like, it's kind of an interesting hobby where me and my brother were kind of goofing around with it. And I decided I want to make a, a real deal about it. And before I knew it, I had five and six and seven different shows running at the same time. And I'm now more, uh, scheduling <laughs> different shows at different times. Uh, and I haven't edited uh, this show in I don't know, a couple of years, probably at this point. Although a lot of people, if you listened very carefully to Dave's voice, you might recognize it because one day we decided that we were going to do these episodes called deep dives because we wanted to, you know, uh, you know, offer people this kind of, you know, extra content, bonus content um, in support, you know, return for them supporting the podcast and pay for the running costs and the like. And Dave, you became part of the show, didn't you? Because your I, voice comes on at the beginning of the deep dive preview. You thought it'd be really unique to have an American voice in there somewhere. So <laughs> absolutely, and it sounds <laughs> great. It sounds it. great. I and will say too, uh, in digging around for this show, I found a whole folder full of uh, outtakes. So this is really the the main reason I did any of this is just outtakes. I got Uh-oh. I got tons of them. So. <laughs> Uh, if anybody wants to hear him, go ahead and just send me a message. Uh, I take all sorts of Bitcoin or whatever it takes. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure there's a lot on there that you didn't hear because one of my favorite things that you ever you ever both did was um, there was a period of time where I think almost every episode there was some outtake at the end and you'd think the show had finished and then suddenly – and there were some absolute howlers. And I think we – even had a compilation, didn't we, for one of the Christmas shows of I think back a yeah, few years, so. which we should dig out because it was. We should we should do that again for Christmas. I will just Definitely. say here: one's called Constipation. I know another one's called <laughs> Cow Brilliant. Uh, another one is called uh, Baked Beans, and the list goes on. So there's <laughs> um, tons of content. We could probably start a whole other show just on <laughs> BXP outtakes. I think I'm this. dreading this. I can't remember any of this. God only knows what I've been waffling on about. Well, this is the thing is a lot of people, obviously this is live. Everything we're doing is going on the show pretty much. But when when we pre-record episodes a few days before, um, there have been times when Mark and I have like got the giggles or we just started laughing so hard that we literally have to stop. 
And we have this thing where we clap. And this is a thing that audio people know about is that you would clap and it creates a spike in the audio, which means that JD and Dave can both see that, okay, something's happened at this point and they go in and check it out. And then we clap again to start once we've composed ourselves. But there's, you know, you guys make us sound a lot, a lot better than we really are in reality. It's quite amazing. I worked out in answer to that earlier question. We estimate that it, when you add everyone's time together, whether it's, you know, Mark researching the interview, doing the interviews, um, me write, writing notes, sometimes doing the interviews, you guys editing it, creating the web pages, backing up files, all the boring stuff that we have to talk about on email all the time. We reckon that it's about 25 hours of man hours that go into each individual episode, which is quite bonkers when you think about, you know, when you're listening to the show and it's like an hour show and it's it sounds as it does, there's been almost a, a full day, over a full day's work of people's individual's yeah. time just to get everything ready mm. to put I mean, it out. Gavin's Gavin's got a question here. How do you have any time left to do your own writing? Well, I do it first thing. So I write 7.30 to 9.30 on a project. If I get extra time, then I'll, I'll use that time. But yeah, I tend to write first thing. Then there's usually an interview in the morning, uh, you know, either on a, you know, one of the days, and then there'll be something to edit, something to listen back to, something to research. There's a little bit every day. So it's um it's it's doable i can and this is all i do you know i write and do podcasts so i you know i'm very lucky in that respect as well um but, it, but it's no different from people like michael connolly that you know is working on you know sitting in the room writing the bosch script for amazon prime whilst he's trying to write his current novel and he's doing interviews so any successful author has to get to a place where they learn how to be super focused and organized and and that's one of, one of the reasons why I'm so fascinated by productivity and habits and all those things because I think you need that as a when an author gets to a certain point it only gets busier the more successful you get in many ways. But a question for JD and Dave I want to ask quickly for people who are listening that are thinking of maybe starting their own podcast what one thing would what kind of one tip would you give them as as the guys in the you know in the background creating all the magic what what would you what would you give them because you work with lots of different podcasts? What would you say would be the most important thing for them to know? So maybe start with you, Dave, first. Uh, I would say you know to kind of jump on JD's point. Uh, if the audio isn't perfect, uh, we all want perfect audio. It really is content can can kind of pace over all of the just the inconsistencies. Obviously, you want to get as a consistent of a sound as you possibly can, but think about what the, what you will talk about, right? Uh, you're likely not going to make a million dollars creating a mm -hmm. podcast, but yeah. <laughs> as YouTube marks have shown, like it is a great way to engage the people, your audience, right. And to get feedback and this interaction, instead of it being a one way thing, you get to communicate uh, the things that you're trying to write about or the ideas you're thinking about. And you're also able to kind of interject the way you see things into like going on to other people's shows or the guests that you have. So it's really to have a good a good sense of what it is that you want to talk about before you start talking, I think, is pretty Brilliant. important. Yeah. How about uh, you, J.D.? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Um, it's just like your 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 podcast. You guys' um, uh, relationship and the way you communicate with each other is fantastic, and it's, and it's honest. So I would just say um, – yeah, be honest, you know, just be yourself and and just put that out there. Uh, say what you want to say. And um, instead of like trying to make uh, a scripted show and overproduce it, you know, you don't need you don't really need that. Uh, but in terms of in, in terms of getting yourself set up, um, you could probably get uh, you probably get like just a cheap microphone, just some, something set above your, uh, um, above your, like, well, actually your webcam, my, my webcam mic is pretty good, you know? So just get yourself set up and try not to be in an empty room with like bare walls, you know, put, put some couches or something in there. Uh, and that'll get you like over 50% of the way there. So. Um, if, if you wanted some like action items to try and do, but other than that, just do it, do it and find it, out. It is, it is the editing. That's the killer though. I think, cause I speak to people who don't have a Dave or JD 
and it's it's that's the thing that takes up a lot of the time. And I um I, I watch uh, I don't know if anyone's watching Only Murders in the Building, and it's on Disney Plus over. I think it's Hulu in the states, and they're recording a podcast. I'm like. Where are they editing this podcast? Where does the edit? You never see them edit anything. You know, the Tina Fey yeah. character has a team who does it for her. But yeah, it's um, yeah. So yeah, you know, when we uh, set up new clients, uh, my, uh, you were talking about twenty-five man hours per episode or something like that. We sort of like just ballpark with new clients. Like we're going to spend at least three x whatever we record just in the edit part. We're going to spend at least three times that mm-hmm. to get your edit done. So the episode, and then you throw on all of the coordination between hosts and guests and, you know, backing up and stuff like that. Uh, you can get to a point down the road where you kind of got a rhythm and that three X can get a little tighter and quite a bit shorter. Uh, but you should plan for at least that when you're doing just the editing part, just to get a final show. And then if you want to do, if you want to manage more than one episode at a time, you know, it's good to have a couple of people kind of tracking the progress. So. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Well, thank you so much, guys, for appearing. You may, we may bring you back on later on if there's any techie questions that people ask. But it's I do, this is I brilliant. Do, I do have one question. We have got a question from Tracy Montague, which came before the show. How much of what is recorded is kept, and how much is cut? We don't, JD. We're fairly clean, aren't we? There's not a lot of fat, is there? There's, there's yeah. It, it depends. It depends. Uh, but with your episode, I mean, we just. I I basically just trim the ends where the show hasn't started and like after you guys say your goodbye. Uh, other than that, it all gets stuck. It, it it's all in there. But uh, back when I was cleaning up the ums, that could actually like all the little ums and and uh, pregnant pauses and all that stuff. They can add up to like. 20%, you know, if you really want to go in there and get every single one, you know, but it just depends on, on the person who's speaking. Yeah. Do we, do we have any, do we have any vocal tics that drive you nuts? Cause I, I was listening to, <laughs> I was listening to a podcast today and it's a really, the content was great, but they use the word like, like a comma. So like, we're talking like about, you know, society, like, and uh, like, this is my podcast. Like, and I was like, Oh my god! If if there was some sort of you know piece of software that could take it all out, it would be about twenty minutes yeah. shorter. So do we no. do we have any do we have any vocal ticks that drive you, you nuts? You, you guys don't. Um, oh yeah, too you kind. guys don't. Bless it's it. a good it's job really we didn't like, say it because <laughs> then everyone will be I, hearing it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, just like you said, different people have different um, ways that they talk. Some people will say um repeatedly you know and it's it's i I take them all out you know if i if i can but you guys you're pretty solid you know here's a tip here's a tip for anyone thinking of doing a podcast it's a bit of a left field one but if you're thinking of doing a podcast go and spend a few months at your local toastmaster club because i did toastmasters for about six years um even actually during the beginning of the podcast i was still doing it and they do a thing each week where someone is assigned as the um and ah counter. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. There's the, 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 this is for, for real. They have a person with a clipboard and anyone in the room, including the Toastmaster, who's you know up there running the whole meeting, they mark off every time. And then there's a report at the end of each meeting where they run through everyone and say, right, uh, John, you got uh, two ums, three ahs and four lip smacks. And then they just literally go through every single person. And the weird thing is, is that once you become aware of the fact that we all do it, I mean, even on, you know, BBC News, you listen to some of the big, biggest presenters, you know, out on the planet, they, they um and are, and we have all of these ticks. But the minute you become aware of it, you can start to slowly eradicate it from, now I'm, I'm speaking really carefully here because yeah, I'm so conscious now of yeah. not using an um. <laughs> But I cringe when I listen back to some of our episodes and it's when you listen back i think oh my gosh i do i'm an r still and i thought i'd got rid of that but and J- jd says be yourself and I, I i'm a lot more sweary at home uh, than i am on the show because that was a decision we took very early on. i think it was a sarah pimbra oh, episode it was oh. but it was also the email from a lady <laughs> that broke my heart where she said to us, it was just before the Sarah, Sarah Pinbra episode aired, and we got this <laughs> lovely email from a mum saying, I love your podcast. It's one of the best things. 
And what the greatest thing now, we, Mark and I just had this discussion about, do we drop the C word bomb, which was in the episode originally? And this, this email from this mum said, and my favorite thing to do is on my way to drop off my eight-year-old son to school, we listen to the episodes together. Literally, this was like two days before we're thinking, do we put an explicit right? And that kind of changed the course, didn't it, Mark? Of yeah, of, yeah. of we want well, to we keep had it a, family friendly as best we yeah, can. Yeah, we had a. I mean, we had a, a a full and frank conversation about it. If you recall, it was quite. You know, it was quite difficult because it was because I was like, to our book as well. Yeah, I mean, but when I listened back to that one with us and Sarah, we were like naughty little schoolboys egging her on, sort of giggling, going, oh, "Swear again, go on." <laughs> and it's um, you know, so it's if anything, this podcast has made me less sweary than I was. <laughs> Six years ago, which is a miracle. So um, yeah, it was uh, yeah. It, but I think I think it was the right decision to do because um, I think it just makes it uh, a little more a little more cooled down, a little more relaxed. And you know, we're not trying to be clever. We're just you know having a nice, polite adult conversation. You know, so yeah. But I the think other it's actually almost now unusual now to get a podcast without swearing. In Canada, we have many vehicles driving around with some real bad stickers. I'm like, there are kids that can read, like five years old, and they're like, "Mummy, what's that mean?" And I, and so for me, do you know the reason why it was such a big deal for me is when we started the podcast. My main reason for wanting to create it, you know, not knowing whether we'd even get an audience, was my daughter was becoming fascinated in writing, and she was about. 13 at the time, 13, 14. And she was writing every day and she was really wanting to become an author. And I thought if anything comes from this, I'll create a little archive of really cool little shows for her to listen to, maybe when she's an adult. And so I was always thinking if, if I'm sitting there swearing like a trooper, my, my, my daughter's going to be like, God, dad, you foul mouth. You know? So that was my kind of my take on it. But um, yeah, yeah but it's, you, it's, you wait, you wait. Mine are 20 and 22 and swear more than I do. So, you know, there's no, it's you just I know. trying to hold back the tide, man. You know, so anyway, but yeah, but that's brilliant stuff. That's us, brilliant. But yeah. Cool. So, anyway, JD and Dave, firstly, we just want to thank you publicly oh, yeah. for all the work. We do Amazing. mention it at the end of lots of shows, but you guys, I want everyone to acknowledge these guys here because, you know, without Dave and JD, you know, running things and keeping the ship sailing, this podcast would absolutely not happen. So we really thank you from the bottom of our hearts for all of the work that you do, all the things you have to put up with with us, and just for being two great, amazing guys and being part of this team and and for hopefully, you know, helping change lives you know, through all the incredible work you do. So thank you both. And thank you for joining us today as well. And congratulations. We'll see you on the live show in six years. See you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah, not six yeah. Years. So, hey, thanks to Dave and JD. You thank go. you guys thank you so Listen much guys the... amazing thank you so much see you thanks take care guys brilliant stuff that's brilliant that was a first i don't think we, we were actually saying before we before we started the show that was the first time that we've ever had the four i've never of us. spoken to jd before yeah. it's the first time i've spoken to jd yeah. i've seen his face and and we've we message each other almost every day every day but yeah. we've never had a conversation it's brilliant yeah brilliant. it's fantastic they're brilliant absolutely, absolutely brilliant great. So do you, shall I do shall I do social media and wins? Yes, absolutely. Let's dive in because you know there's so much going on, and uh, I've seen someone else has just entered the room. Who's had yeah a win entered this our week. green room? Well, let's uh, let's bring on uh, because you know we were normally at the end of the show we do social media we talk about people's wins, but we thought this was this was too good to pass up. So I'm going to bring Aaron Brooks uh, onto the show. Aaron, how are you today, sir? Welcome. I'm doing good, buddy. Good to speak. <laughs> Surprise! You didn't know this was happening, did you? <laughs> I, uh, I um, flatter. First of all, happy birthday to you guys! Six years old. That's a Thank big, you. that's a big day. Big day big for you guys. Yeah. So happy. Almost out of diapers. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> so, Aaron, Aaron. So you're you're a member of of the academy. Uh, when did, how did you find us? Did you find us via the podcast? How did, how did you discover us? Yeah, exactly. It was, it was the podcast. I, um, just, uh, it came up in the recommendations on the Apple podcast cause I started listening to oh. writing stuff. I think the first one I, it like started with writing excuses, you know, Brandon Sanderson thing. Right. And then, and then I think, uh, maybe Joanna Penn and then this one popped up next to that. And so that led to just discovering you guys and your cheerful, positive voices. Just, uh, I was like, well, I'm going to be listening to this podcast for, 
for every time. I was hooked. Yeah. So Aaron, Aaron, tell us your news. Well, I uh, there's this. Um, uh, it started as like a, a script pipeline, which was for like Hollywood for scripts and a competition. Um, uh, and uh, they started a book part of that called Book Pipeline. And my my manuscript won the uh, uh, the winner of the sci fi fantasy category, which uh, <laughs> amazing. Which means that. Uh, that um, you know, you win a little bit of money, which is great. But the best part is is uh, being part of that community and um, uh, Orbit Books. Uh, Priyanka at Orbit Books has two weeks uh, exclusive, like first look at it. So they're gonna, you know, kind of like bumps you up the, gets you in, at the head of, a, of the long line, you know. It, um, so that's uh, so I have I'm, I'm going over the man, manuscript feverishly today and uh, we'll send it to my this guy, Peter, um, at uh, Book Pipeline, and then he'll send it off to Priyanka. And then two weeks. So I think we're going to find out like pretty quickly, like if it's a yes or if it's a no. Um, so oh my gosh. So I mean, this is literally just I mean, this is literally just happened. You broke this news yesterday, I think, on the BXP team group to say, wow. I found so out on Friday and I, I immediately uh, messaged Mark, um, you know, because he's read a bunch of my stuff and, uh, you know, uh, so I just, yeah. And then, yeah, I just broke, so. Well, first of all, we want to just say massive congratulations, Aaron, because, I mean, firstly, this is a first for us. This is the first time we've done a live win on the podcast yeah. on video. Yeah. So this is so, <laughs> thank you for like coming on literally. We asked Aaron. Right, we asked Aaron about like a couple of minutes before we went live. So this is how. Yeah, it was how, like, should we? Should we? We should get Aaron on. This is how yeah, it rolls. Yeah, I'll folks. email him. <laughs> so, I was just running to pick up my son because he had a tummy ache at school. Oh, I went oh, man. there. I said, "Okay, you can come back and hang out at home then." And he said, "No, that's boring. I'll stay." <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So, massive congratulations because this is such a huge win. I mean, this is this is a major competition. Um, what's the name of, what was the name of your entry? It's called uh, nocturnal ink. It's like a, it's a supernatural thriller, uh, with a tattoo twist on vampires. Wow. So what we're going to do, Aaron, is we're going to, we're going to follow this. We're going to follow this story. I love the fact that this major publisher has got two weeks with your book. It's a great, cause publishers can take as long as they want. Right. But when you've got two weeks, there's going to be a, you know, they, they're going to have to read it. And if they love it, then, you know, something might happen. So we'll continue this story and, and follow your career. But a lot of, a lot of um, what you've explained today is the dream that Mark and I have had, like to help people get to this place where they get some major success that, that takes them up, gives them that belief, like your stuff is amazing and then see where that goes. But, but, you know, we also want to say live on air as well, you know, you're one of the hardest working individuals that we know and you deserve every success that you get. So Mark and I just absolutely, absolutely delighted. No, it's true, man. You just gotta, you just gotta take it. You gotta take it, but this is what it's about. We are, we are so thrilled for you. And I always say this, but you're inspiring everyone else out there who's thinking, well, maybe I should write, enter a writing competition. Maybe it might happen. Absolutely, you should take, you know, every, every, every manuscript, every script you write is a, is a lottery ticket. The odds are you're not going to win, but if you keep playing, you just might, you just might. And you just yeah. keep getting that and just be real with yourself about criticism and take harsh criticism. Look for the people that give you harsh criticism. Um, but also, you know, that read your genre. Absolutely. Brilliant I've stuff. got, we'll like some... I say, I've I've got shelves over there that are now too deep, full of books from listeners of the podcast. You know, Mike Shackle. Uh, you know, we've we've got Jam Card there. We've got Essie Gowland. We've got Andrew Chapman. Uh, we've got Penilla Hughes, uh, Paul Arduin. I mean, I'm I I'm, I'm going to make some room for yours, there, Aaron. <laughs> So hopefully we'll see that on there soon. But yeah, everyone who's listened to this, I've got shelves to fill. So get writing. Absolutely. Brilliant. Aaron, all the best. We wish you all the best. And obviously hope to connect with you again. We'll see you in the Academy next week. But we hope to connect with you soon on the podcast, maybe about this story and see where it goes. You too, man. Love you. Thanks so much, Aaron. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on. Wow. That was a first. Yeah. 
a live win. <laughs> I didn't even know. I didn't even know you'd got hold of him in time. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I was little, little emails uh, bouncing back and forth while we were doing the show. So yeah, that was cool. Brilliant. That was absolutely cool. Uh, I got a couple of other uh, social media ones as Let's well. So uh, one of them, Inkborn Blade, who I think might be still watching. Inkborn Blade said yesterday marked my two hundred and fiftieth consecutive day of the two hundred words a day challenge. In that time, I put the finishing touches to one novel, written another start to finish, written two short stories and edited another three, done a handful of book reviews and started on my next project, which is wow. just amazing. And uh, Ingborn says, huge thanks to the bestseller experiment for teaching me that you don't have to churn out thousands of words in a day. In these 250 days, I've written just over 114,000 words. That's more than I've ever done, but it only comes out to an average of 457 words a day. Little and often is what works for me. Brilliant. Such a brilliant story. And it, it just the more of these we get, I mean, we keep banging on about the 200 word challenge and saying to people, you have to try this. This is something it's, it, it doesn't start overnight. You don't get the writing habit from day one, but if you have the focus of that aim of at least 200 words a day, it makes such a difference. So congratulations. And you're with us. I just noticed that you popped yes. in hello on there. So <laughs> congratulations. 250 is phenomenal. Is phenomenal. You're going to get. You're going to get that year, that three six five, which I know a lot I've of just, people have achieved. I've well. just seen something. Look, JD is with his dog, Alfie. Let's all. Oh, let's. Oh. How do we get this? How do? We, eh, oh. <laughs> 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 if anyone's watching this on YouTube, you're going to see this kind of love, love in with JD. And what's your dog's name, JD? Alfie. Alf. Alfie. Look at Alfie. Oh. He's just like yeah. hands on your he's shoulder. A, yeah. He's. He's. He wanted some attention, so. Brilliant. Our first <laughs> ever dog on the podcast. Fantastic. Yeah, we've been desperate to get people's pets on. Yeah. What breed What breed is Alfie? It's, he's a Spinoni Italiano, oh, which is beautiful. just a giant. He's giant. Um, I don't know if you can see how big his paws are, but like. <gasps> oh, my he's, gosh. He's, he's, oh. He's, a big, he's, a big he's taller than you, J.D., when, he, when you're yeah, sitting down. That's yeah, amazing. He's, he scratched me on the back of my neck while I was standing up. <laughs> yeah. I'm tall. I'm, I'm a pretty tall guy. So This is absolutely a, a podcast of first brilliant stuff. Love it, love it. Just beautiful. We've also had another another person who's come on, Moon Bunny Creative, who said, I did 200 words a day for 390 days, thanks to BXP, but I've moved from that to the Ben Aronovich method. Some days are zero words, some days are 10, and some days are 2,000. So that's brilliant. 390 consecutive days. Absolutely phenomenal. Brilliant, 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 brilliant. I think think we should wrap this up, don't you, Mr. Day? I think so, absolutely. So thank you to everyone Firstly, for listening to this podcast, we say this a lot, but we mean this from the bottom of our hearts. It would be a really weird show if it was just me and Mark chatting to each other each week. So we are so grateful for everyone that shows up to these live shows, that listens to us every week, that tells their friends about the podcast, that takes some of the ideas on that we 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 hear from our authors that we put out there. And it's time, Mr. Stay has got like, I can't even believe this is happening. A mini Colin the a, Caterpillar. I've I didn't even mini, know he existed. Yeah, a mini uh, Colin the Caterpillar um, cake, which uh, for those listening on audio is about the size of a Jack Russell's poo-poo and um, probably has the same um, texture as well. Uh, and I've been, I'm on a calorie controlled diet. I've lost uh, 25 uh, pounds since March, but I've got, I've banked the calories for this. I, I did. Is this I your was, treat for October, Mark? This is my, I did 5K on the exercise bike and lots of walking today. So it's a bit, <laughs> just about to offset that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> one one bike. <laughs> it's, it's a bebe, Colin. <laughs> I love it. This is great. What a genius idea. My so yes, goodness. I've got to start with the face. You have to tell me what Aww. it tastes like, Mark. What is in the inside? I've never actually there. It's like a spongy. Let's have a look on the bum. inside. Yeah, it's like sponge. Very yeah, nice. I mean, we I don't did, get that um, in Canada. Uh, I did. They put Colin the caterpillar in a jar. Right? They basically squished him into a jar, and I got one as an experiment. And it's the most disgusting thing I've ever tasted. It was horrible, but this is nice. Yeah, yeah just to prove that we're not actually sponsored by M and S. Yeah, no, the jar thing, big mistake. But um, yeah, this was um, this this is this is nice. You yeah, see, is maybe good. maybe what people could do is they could have a mini Colin the cat- caterpillar cake for each either chapter or act that they finish, and then the big cake when they finish. I think that's doable, Mark, isn't it? Mm. So absolutely brilliant. Sorry, I'm eating. Sorry. 
So thank and and just to finish off as well, thank you to everyone um, who sent us stories as well. Stories about your progress as a writer, your breakthroughs, your your challenges. That I mean, we've read some heartbreaking stories, but often they end in triumph. So we want to encourage people as well. You know, this is our lifeblood. Like, keep on sending those stories. Your journey are it's really important to us. It really fires up this and if you've got a great story to tell you will inspire other people so thank you so much to everyone who's taken time out to drop us an email we have probably had mark over the years i'm trying to think i mean it's it's hundreds if not it might even be thousands when you take into account all the tweets and other things that we've had yeah i mean so uh, many phenomenal stories and they're just getting better aren't they every day every day getting better and better yeah and they are getting better and bigger and it's um I mean, you go back and listen to those early episodes. I'm quite Captain Cynical, but uh, you've almost won me over, Mister D. I'm almost a big softy now. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I, I've become a better writer because of the po- this podcast, no question whatsoever. I just from talking to authors, talking to our listeners, the groups that we've got, the the communities that we've got on Facebook and in the academy and online. Um, they're such a lovely bunch of people. I've been lucky to meet some of them in person, um, and or we've had Zoom conversations or whatever. But um, yeah, it's it's been it's been absolutely brilliant. It's been brilliant. And one thing I will say after six years of doing this podcast, we have had we've had our moments, haven't we? When we're writing the book, lots of pressure, lots of big decisions we had to make. We got to a point. I've obviously been through a bit of a crazy journey myself, you know, in terms of family and like. But there was a point where we were on the edge i'd say after about three years was it we were we were actually we were pretty Gonna serious about in. saying yeah we were yeah. we were done and we were ready we were we were we'd think we'd we thought we'd done everything we could but you know what kept us going what kept us going were the emails that people started yeah. sending us and so i am now in a place where um i really look forward to this i would say to anyone the number one thing from my perspective, if you're thinking of starting a podcast, you've got to do something that you're fascinated in, something that you love and something that fills you up. Because the one thing I know for certain, Mark, is when we get together and we do our our chat, whatever we're going to, we don't know what's often going to come out. Mm. I always feel lifted when I finish recording. Yeah. It's always, yeah, I always leave on a high and it's, you know, it's such a, it's such a wonderful part of, of our weeks, I think now. And so for anyone who's thinking of doing their podcast, that's, that's the, the one that apart from all the amazing feedback that you get from listeners and and all the love that you hear and feel from everyone it's brilliant but if you pick something that you're passionate about something that you're fascinated and something that makes you smile makes you love and and if you do it with someone else i think i would recommend that like doing a podcast by yourself is really hard but mark and i we just kind of we just you know enjoy chatting with each other so find if you're thinking of doing a podcast find someone to do it with because it makes it three times as much fun mm. and do something that you you really love and and that's the test for me if i come off the end of the podcast and i feel lifted and it's it's been it's been a highlight of my week to record with you mark so thank you mr stay for doing all of these crazy things that we do and for us to still be here after six years that in itself is amazing absolutely brilliant so Back at you, mate. It's been fun. It's been really, really good fun, and uh, I'm glad. I'm very glad we stayed the course, and I've no intention of of quitting yet. Yeah, um, yeah, so, absolutely. You know. <laughs> so, we hope. We hope. This is what we hope in the future. We hope that over time, more and more guests on the podcast will be listeners of the podcast who have broken through, yeah. have found that. Yeah. That for me, you know, if you can imagine, in a few years from now, we're almost just interviewing people who are big name, best selling authors, but they they did it alongside us and then we can talk about their journey that that would be phenomenal to be able to do so that's that's kind totally. of my vision i'm throwing out there now susie edge is teasing us time for me to make a public declaration i think a live public declaration would be quite a thing come on susie you're going to do this or not uh because otherwise we'll have to edit this out and that you know that makes <laughs> like that makes jd's life more difficult and i'm going away for the weekend so he has to do this too sweet so i need to edit this tomorrow so what's, come on susie Susie's, you're going to do it what susie's planning on telling us if she's going to no tell pressure. us what her public declaration is because we do love a public declaration let's tell people how they can find out about the podcast and stay in touch mark 
Yes, uh, we're on uh, the internet, bestsellerexperiment.com. Find us there. Facebook and uh, is Bestseller Experiment. How many times have I done this and I can't get it right? Um, Twitter and Instagram is at bestsellerxp, apparently. Um, and if you want to drop us a line, go to bestsellerexperiment.com. Uh, there's a contact button there. And if you want to support the podcast, bestsellerexperiment.com forward slash support. That gets you access to deep dives and all sorts of amazing stuff uh, as well. So, yeah, do it. That's do it. it. Do and it, do if you'd it. like to get our weekly newsletter pop along to bestsellerexperiment.com and click on the newsletter link to get an update of every single episode we do and what you will learn from it. And obviously we have to mention the 200 word challenge. If you want to join yes. us in the free daily challenge to write a minimum of 200 words a day, it's 200wordchallenge.com. 200, 200 and finally, uh, if you're thinking about going deep with Mark and I, you'd like to have us as your coaches to help you through your journey to get accountability, coaching and community. It's the Bestseller Academy. That's the place to join. Academy.bestsellerexperiment.com. Pop over and see us. And we have a live dream declaration. Another first Mm. Go for it, Mark. So Susie Edge uh, says, okay, by 14th of December, uh, her birthday, I will have my novel with my agent. I've been faffing with a first draft. Time to get it out there. Dun, dun, dun. Go, Susie. That is going to go in the diary. Uh, what happens is I put it in the diary about a week before you get a message from me saying, how's it going? And very often the answer is, oh, my God, you actually put it in the diary. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. These, these go in the diary. Brilliant. Yeah. So, uh, and this is yeah, what I love. So many people luxury. encouraging Susie, Robin, Mark. Uh, Steve, Moon Bunny, Andrew, all encouraging. There is no way, there is no way that that uh, Susie is going to miss that deadline now. So we're all cheering you on, Susie, and let <laughs> us know how you get on. Well, that's Mr. It. Stay, I think we've come to the end of this live show. Thank you all to everyone that's turned up to be with us, whether whether it's morning, noon, or night for you, wherever you are in the world. And again, thank you to everyone for listening to this podcast. We love you all, and we can't wait to be with you again next week so mr stay goodbye sir great six years here's to another another one and it's a goodbye from mark one many goodbye from mark two goodbye bye